My name is Tony, and I was in a cult for over a decade. And my name is Lindsay, and my sister was in a cult for over a decade. And now I'm out. Lindsay and my family helped get me out, and we have created a podcast. Playing in Traffic. We interview survivors of the Wimscog. We cover topics of healing and topics of all things about cults. So tune in, like, subscribe, whatever all that means, and enjoy the process of deconstruction. Welcome to Playing in Traffic. This is our disclaimer song. This is our disclaimer song. It's our opinion. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. If you didn't want us to make a podcast about you, then you probably shouldn't have started a religion where you brainwashed people and separated them from your family, so it's kind of your fault. But don't sue us. Don't sue us. You know who you are, so don't do it. Don't sue us. Here we are playing in traffic. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. Today we have a very special interview with Berdine. Berdine is a former member of the Wimscog. She's a survivor and she's been out for about a year now, a little over a year. So that's so exciting. And um, we wanted to speak with her today because even though she's been out for a while, she recently had contact with some Wimscog members. And so we were curious how that interaction went. So, hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited and nervous. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I love you guys. Like, I just, every episode, I'm like, just waiting for like when the next episode is coming like I this is like another process of my therapy I just love listening to you guys oh yay now next episode it'll be you (laughs) you know for me like part of my healing was to tell my story and I I think Uh might be same for you because I know you did an interview with Jordan with Great Light Studios I recommend everybody to go check it out it was a really touching interview Yes, I, I'm starting to get a hang of it now because like even after like when I just got out, it was just something that I wasn't comfortable talking about because I was embarrassed, ashamed and, you know, just th- didn't want to deal with the I told you so's. Um, so I never really talked about it. But um, the Great Light Studio interview was like, I guess, my breakout because it was mainly for me to tell my family because I knew they knew, but we never talked or addressed anything. So that was just my way, like my open letter to them. And how did they react? Did they watch? Oh, yeah, they did. It was, it was very emotional and I'm an yeah. emotional person. So it was just like a whole bunch of crying, <laughs> you know, um, they were happy, um, you know, it was something that they were praying for, and, you know, that's what happens, you, you just, like, I feel like people who are um, in situations like this, 
like you, Lindsay, you're just like, you know, watching your sister go through this and you just have to be so patient with everything, just waiting and waiting, you know, it's, it's so that was how it was with them. They were just always praying that my eyes would be opened. And I always like to say that it's like watching a family member who, who's like addicted to drugs or something. It's yeah. like you can't do it for them. They just have to come to their own conclusion about it. Was your family surprised when they heard some of the stories on Great Lake Studios? Um, yeah, especially with the my nephew, because <laughs> we all noticed that. I mean, it was something that, I mean, I just plainly just did. And they were all like, you know, kind of affected by it or like they felt a type of way about it. So for me to admit, like what was going on and during the time when I did it and stuff, you know. That part of the interview was very touching and I um I understood exactly where you were coming from. You know, we made we made a lot of choices while we were in there that mm. we we obviously wouldn't make. Right. If we weren't under that influence. So exactly. It's like two different people. It's like you're mm. looking back and you're like, what was I thinking? But it was not even like it was not even me. Like, I don't feel like that was not me then. So, Berdine, what part of the country are you in? Um, I'm in Texas. You're in Texas. And how, when you first came across the Wimscog, you were in Florida? Yes. So, a um, little background on that. So, I was in Florida. And um, so, I was in, this is my the second cult that I've been in. And I was also embarrassed of like admitting that as well, like, you know, got in one cult and then into another one. But um, so shortly after I left the first cult, um, I just wanted to join a church. And uh, can I stop you for a second? Mm -hmm. Lindsay is dying to ask you about that church. <laughs> I am. And, and you don't have, you know, you don't have to answer whatever you don't want to, but okay. she thinks it's interesting, you know, that that happened to you two times. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you so many questions before the Wimscog questions. I was just going to wait and then ask you after, but um, could you tell us a little bit about um, your upbringing, like what your family dynamic was like religiously? Were you guys religious or um, did you get become religious after? Is that kind of what led you to that? Yeah. So um, if I'm being honest and a little more personal, um, I was born and I, I was born and I grew up in Haiti. So um, I moved to the States when I was 11. And at that time, um, my parents are missionaries. So in, until this day, they, they still are missionaries. So they go back and forth from here to Haiti. So I didn't grow up with them after I moved here. Um, so when I went to college, but growing up, like, you know, my dad's a pastor, that's all we knew. Like we wake up and we would have like family devotion, um, and, you know, go to bed. If my dad is in the house, like that's really like everyone's going to gather around and have like, you know, uh, family devotion before we go to bed. So that was like, you know, our routine basically. And so I grew up in church. Um, all my life, even after I moved to the state, you know, church was like, you know, important to us. And so when I went to when I went off to college, um, I was in Tampa. And um, even when, while my parents were not there, but like, you know, the people that were around me are, I guess, my guardians. 
they were very like sheltered and very overprotective. So I didn't get a chance to experience basically anything because we were like so protected and sheltered from the world. So when I went off to college, you know, I was on my own and, you know, it was just different. So um, after a while, I was like, yeah, I need to, you know, start going back to church and all of that. And that's how I came across the first cult because um, my sister um, is all, was also introduced to the cult first. And, um, and then damn sisters, <laughs> right? <laughs> she was talking so good about it, like saying a lot of things that she was like coming to realize, um, realize. And there was this prophet and told her a bunch of things about herself that like no one else knows and stuff. And so slowly I started going and then, um, yeah. And then I found that myself was- there for four years. Four years. That one was, that was Christian based also. Like yes, it was Christian based also. Okay. And then did your sister stay in it for four years or was she kind of in and out? She stayed there longer because after I left, um, after I left, she was still there. And, you know, and that's how I'm saying it was a cult because our communication, we, we didn't have a relationship afterwards. And even while I was there, you know, there was a couple people that left and we didn't like, you know, have any contact with them. It's like, they were dead wow you know so um when I left it was the same thing with me um we didn't have have contact with each other and did your parents know that you were in that group um yes they knew but they didn't know that it was a cult um my mom she didn't like it she went um for bible study one time and it was she expressed how she didn't like it because it was in the house and um like <laughs> Haitians they have a lot of um I guess stigmatisms when it comes to men with hair and he had locks and all of that so off the bat she didn't like him just and for me I'm like I'm thinking it's because you know he has locks and so that's not like common for a quote-unquote pastor to have locks that's why she's like basically judging him but um yeah she didn't like it but I guess because she didn't know much about it and I was going to church you know she just well she's going to church what well, well, do you want to say the name of it or do we want to leave that out oh yeah it's um celestial church of christ um that's the name of it yeah and even while I was in it, I was Googling it and a lot of people were saying the same thing but because my situation at the time I couldn't relate. I'm like, how can they say that? <laughs> yeah, you were only seeing the good part of it at that time. Yes, yes. Did that yes. group do the same thing with the internet? Like, stay off of the internet. It's evil. No, not at all. Not at all. And um, it was more profound because for me, when I was there, like, I really thought I was getting closer to God because um, there's a lot of things that I was learning that I didn't know. You know, I feel like I was becoming more spiritual, um, but really, <laughs> um, they were practicing dark magic on us while we were there just to keep us, because we were a small group, although they do have, like, you know, different Celestial Church of Christ type of churches, like, scattered around, but, you know, for that particular church, they were doing, like, dark magic on us, and 
um, it's it's it was one of those situations where like you know I was practicing it and I didn't know, you know, <laughs> until I I left. Was it a doomsday church? Did they have that like? No. Okay, not at all. It was just like you know, um, dreaming, um, um, like lighting candles and, you know, praying and like chanting and, um, (laughs) doing seven hallelujahs, the four corners of the world and, or like, you know, kneeling down. And then whenever you worship, you wear like a white robe, which they call a sutana. Um, and men and women were also separated and whenever for females if you're on your period you cannot come into the sanctuary you have to like stay somewhere else um yeah a lot of quote-unquote anointing which is in the bible that part is in the bible right. being the right. same, not being able to go into the church right so which is why it's like yeah it's in the bible so that's normal you know so but really no yeah. okay so you leave this you leave this group and you're like, oh my gosh, I was just in a cult. And then how long after that were, did the Wimscog find you and preach to you? Um, the funny thing is I didn't even realize it was a cult even after I left. Um, but so I pro- I left in June and in October. Um, that's when I found the Wimscog. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So when you left, you weren't like that was traumatizing and that was a cult. It was like maybe after that you went through it. Yes, it was after because um, what kind of blinded me was that everyone that I we had a close circle. So everyone that I knew, I was the only one who left. And um, everyone else, like my best friend, my sister, I even brought my best friend into this cult. (laughs) So um, she was still there. And the fact that I still saw that they were like, you know, yearning for God still, despite everything that happened, um, it kind of made me still want to go to another church. I'm like, I'm not going back to that church, but I still need to find a church. And so I didn't realize like that's what it was until like I left (laughs) the Wimstog. Okay, so you're in Tampa and the Wimscog. Did they did they come to you on campus or were you just out in the? No, I was at the mall. I was at the mall and I was looking at the um, the store directories and you know two ladies just approached me and was like, hey, you know how we preach, <laughs> but um, they didn't exactly say, have you ever heard of about God the Mother? I still cannot remember the exact like terms that they used. But then the fact that I was looking for a church and they're like, you know, the female spirituality or something like that, it caught my attention. I'm like, really? It's in the Bible? Okay. Like, you know, I'm looking for a church. You're inviting me to church. I think this is a sign. So um, not I think this is a sign. So um, I went and um, when we went, it was me and my ex at the time. And um, well, yeah, so when we went, Literally that same day we got baptized, but that day it was a Sabbath day and I didn't know. So when we pulled up at the parking lot, you know, people were all dressed up and I was like, what is this? Is this a wedding? Are we at the, the right church? Because I didn't understand. And then again, coming from like the previous cult that I was in, 
we don't we didn't really dress up like you could really just go in there with your pajamas as long as you have the white robe to cover you that's you know that's it so I didn't know (laughs) right so I didn't know like oh I had to dress up like she didn't tell me you know I had to look a certain way because I would have if I knew so um we turned around and we went back and changed and when by the time we came back it was time for service so I didn't know. I'm like, I thought this was Bible study, but we're in a whole service. And the only what caught my attention, the the moment I walked into the sanctuary is how they separated the male and female. And then they had their heads covered. You would think to me that would be a sign. But, you know, the fact that I was still in a vulnerable spot, there's a lot of things that I did not like, you know, all, all the red flags that I could have just like, OK, this is what you need to watch out for. I was not thinking about that at all. But you were kind of used to that because that's how it was in your other exactly. church. Exactly. So yeah. That would seem pretty normal. Right. So that that was my um, mindset at the time, and so I sat through service. Um, I didn't get their style of preaching at all, but I was like, okay, like you know, some things that he was saying, you know, they made sense. And when they were singing the new songs, you know, and they were singing about mother, and I'm like, okay, well, mother who? <laughs> and so when we were walking out, I asked uh, my branch, I was like, so you guys are singing about mother. Who is this mother? Is it um, Virgin Mary? And she said, well, we're going to study about her. So after um, the evening service, we were there basically until 12 a.m. Just We were just studying and you know, and that's for me, because I wanted something new. And I was like, I think this is it. I wanted to get baptized. And I've always wanted to get rebaptized. And I was like, this is it. So I I got baptized. Ardine, I think you're the first person and Tony, you can correct me, but it's not usual that they let somebody that's not that hasn't been baptized into a service, right? Or a Saturday. Every service. once in a while. But see, I'm thinking about her like, going home to change because she wanted to, you know, um, like make it good, you know, make it and, and be like everybody else in the church and, you know, show her respect. So, you know, they were like, this is going to be a good fruit <laughs> and they like love bomb her and give her like the best time. Right. Don't yes, you think? Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. I can already think like, Oh, what a beautiful mind she has. to come. You know. I'm hearing you say that. And I'm like, I tried so many times to let Tony stupid. Yeah, your attitude though. Like, of course they don't want you in there because you're going to be confrontational. I wanted to go to a service so bad and they wouldn't let me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so interesting. It's so interesting. Okay. So, so then Berdine, how long were you in there for? So you got baptized. So I got baptized and 11, is that what you said? 2015. 2015. Okay. Yes. So um, afterwards, like literally, like I just jumped on like, you know, hands in, both feet in and everything. Um, my ex at the time, he didn't really care for it. So like after work, after I'll, I'll get off of work, I'll go, you know, to the church and study and stuff and um it was just that was that was my routine until it was time for me to move to Texas um which in January of the following year I moved to Texas 
Now, when I moved to Texas, I'm thinking it's, it's just going to be the same thing. They already told me, you know, there's a church in Dallas, and that's where I'll be transferring to. So I'm did like, okay, move, great. Did you move because the church asked you, or you had, like, another reason to go to Texas? Yeah, I had another reason. I was already, I, I had a, I was already planning on moving, um, so all of that was not going to change. So, and whenever they told me, well, there's a church in Dallas, and I was like, okay, well, great. So um, January came and I moved and um, whenever I moved, uh, I flew and I had like transported, I had them transport my car. So I was waiting on my car to get there and my car got there exactly um, Saturday. And so I was like, okay, great. I can keep the Sabbath. So um, I live two hours away from Dallas. Okay. So, um, I was like, I need to go, and I drove to Dallas, not knowing, like, I have phobias, not knowing that I would, like, (laughs) you know, encounter those phobias on my way there, so that was, like, a rude awakening for me, and I was like, no, I'm not driving to Dallas for Sabbath, so at least I checked in so they knew that, you know, I just transferred and, you know, they knew that I just got baptized and all of that. So um, when I moved here, it wasn't for college and, you know, my family's here. So um, so I, I went to college and um, at first they were um, preaching like they were studying with me over the phone. And um, the deaconess would come like maybe once or twice a month and actually study with me on campus. And um, so even through all of that, like I was going through my own personal trials at the time. So me being in a new state, you know, I'm not I'm a friendly person, but I'm shy. So I'm not going to put myself out there and like trying to make friends or anything like that. So that was something that I was always looking forward to, like those Bible studies, that was like my routine, basically. Um, we'd have, we'd constantly have Bible studies. They even taught me how to keep service by myself. So even like being new to it, like I was already dedicated. Like third day comes, I would, I would keep service by myself. Um, Sabbath day, I would keep service by myself. You know, they would have games on Saturday. I'm like, well, I can't go to the game. I'm and then what to make matters worse, I was at a Christian college. So, yes. <laughs> so imagine when I started like really um, what I call indoctrinated, I felt like I started feeling sorry for them. And um, as if like I'm the only one on campus that has the truth and that is truly saved, even though I'm like in a Christian college I'm like these people don't know anything you know they're worshiping on Sundays and all that stuff and I started preaching to like the friends that I would make but me not knowing really anything sometimes they wouldn't make any sense they're like okay whatever and um, I remember I had a speech class and for speech we had like um, I mean the project was I, I forgot what it was but my speech was a whole um, the Sabbath um, study <laughs> in front of the class. Wow. How did they react to it? 
Like you're um, a bunch of Christians and you just like blew, like totally dismantled their whole concept of like Sunday. Yeah. My, my um, speech um, professor was just like, hmm, this is new. Now my, my husband, he's a, he's a pastor. I've, I've never heard of that. And now, and to me, I'm like, yeah, because you're lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you're being deceived by the devil. Yes. <laughs> Wow. I'm just wow. imagining you at a Christian college, like while you're in the West Coast. That's so conflicting. Right. It is. Like when I tell you, and then on Wednesday we'd have chapel. That those were the worst because like I would try like they they keep attendance on who attends chapel or not. And uh like the president of the school, you know, he knew my dad. So it was very it was a lot of pressure because I'm trying not to let my family down. And then like, I'm like finding the quote unquote, this truth and like, I wanna stand up to it. It was just very conflicting. I didn't wanna go to chapel. Every time I go to chapel, I'm just praying in my head, like, oh, Father, Mother, please protect me. Please protect my soul, blah, 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 blah. Like just scared that, you know, some evil spirit might get to me because you know, that's what they, they tell you. And that sounds so, so torturous. I'm so sorry. I can't even yeah. imagine having to go through that battle like that. Yes. Like it was just, it was a lot of pressure. It, it was a lot of pressure just being there because it's like, you know, I'm in Babylon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was it. But after I graduated college, um, so that lasted for a year and a half. Um, but after I graduated and the same cycle kept continuing, you know, they would come and they would drive to, um, to the campus and study with me and all of that. And whenever it was feast time, they would come and pick me up and I would sleep with like at one of the sisters house for the feast until I graduated. And shortly afterwards, um, that's when they opened a house church near me. And um, I was the first member there and I made a, my roommate, who, which became like my best friend. She was like the first one to be baptized there. Wow. <laughs> Were you a house leader or anything or they just moved down there and then you moved into the or started going there? Yeah. So they moved there and I just started going there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So then how long were you in that little house? I, I just have a little few questions about that. Like, did it eventually um, grow a little bit to to become a little bit bigger? No. No, because we kept losing members. Um, <laughs> yeah, people would get baptized, and you know, a couple weeks later, they don't show up, and you know, they fall away. Um, even when we have like, um, we had a few short-term preaching, and you know. We, we had a few baptisms, but none of them, like, really stayed. Is the church still there now? Um, From what I've heard, um, I don't know if it's still the same, but after I left, because literally by the time I left, we were probably six, including the um, the church leaders. Wow. So we, we weren't growing at all. And um, after I left, they moved back to Arlington and another couple came so I don't she reached out to me and I was just like you know at some point I was just like no just stop because 
that's just too much for me like I don't want like it's out of respect for you it has nothing to do with you but like you don't get it but I understand what she's doing because I was also there um Mm. so whenever she the other couple moved they were reaching out to me for the feast and wanted me to come or whatever or just letting her know or letting me know that you know this is sister so-and-so um you know if you want to come see us for service blah 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 blah. just trying to welcome me in and I was just not having it did you ever go back to the Christian college and preach on campus no because it, it, it's 30 minutes away from me so we never went back to preach but we did preach um like the local campuses here was that were you involved with the um ACES group or was that a part of it down there it wasn't no, because um, I was not in college at the time. So, and we didn't have a lot of college students. Like the college students that we that actually got baptized, a couple months later, they ended up moving to Dallas. Oh, okay. The bigger church? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So you were in Wimscock from uh, 2015 to... You said 2020 was last, was last yeah, year. Okay. And you stayed yeah. in that and you never moved up to Dallas. You just stayed in that small house church. Uh, we go to Dallas um, like every first Sunday of the month, like when all the main, ch- I'm sorry, the branch churches go to the local main church. So every first Sunday, I'm sorry, <laughs> every first Sabbath of the month. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> every first sabbath of the month we'll go to the main church or for like educations or um the feast you know, the like feast. big feasts yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that we'll is so there. much work right like yeah. so much driving so much gas you have to wake yeah. up freaking so early in the morning to get there it's a lot of logistics yeah. and a lot of work to go back and forth but i think they do that on purpose to kind of keep you on your toes and like, you know, I don't know. I think it's strategic. Okay. Anyway, sorry. What What was your family? So after you graduated, did you kind of out yourself to your family at that point? Were you like, this is the church that I go to? Yeah, because after I graduated, um, I, it was kind of weird in a way because there's a lot of things that I wasn't used to. So I'm like, dang, I have to do all of that, you know? The whole reporting thing that that got on my nerves like so bad the first time. What do you mean by that? By the reporting, like the attendance that they take, is that? No, it's like okay. So while I was in college, um, I had to give my car away for um to one of my siblings. So I didn't have a car, um, and then yeah, so I didn't have a car. Even though the church, the the house church, was literally. Like if I drove there, it would be like three to four minutes away from me. Okay. So even though I live so close, but you know, the the route to get there was not just like a straight route, you know? So I didn't have a car and um, the sister, there was a, a, another couple that takes like, that basically has to drive by my apartment to get to the church. So I'm like, okay, well maybe I can ask her for a ride and stuff. I have to ask the church leader first if this particular sister can pick me up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's so stupid. Why do I have to go through someone else? It's either you can pick me up or not, you know? And then I remember I got pow-powed 
um, one of um, um, both of us were new at the time, but my neighbor downstairs, he was a fruit of the other. Hold on, when you say pow pow, do you mean like? <laughs> no, wait, you guys don't use that term. No, no we. <laughs> like, do you mean in the church? Yeah, in the church. Yeah, like, like it would be kind of like spanking, like you're in trouble, like pow pow. Yeah, when the, whenever you get um, what's the word? It's rebuked. Like R. Yeah, rebuked. <laughs> Is that what? Yeah. yeah, they would do it a lot with the kids. I got. I haven't heard that in years. Pow pow. You want to so pow pow? We don't say rebuke. We say pow pow. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh yeah, damn. Yeah, they don't say we got rebuked. They say. I was we gonna got listen to the story and see if I could figure out what the word pow pow means. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Sorry. Okay. Back to the story. So my neighbor downstairs, uh, he also. Uh, he was new and he was a fruit of the other couple uh so and it was during fall so you know how it gets dark like early and i, I still didn't have a car then i mean it w- i was still fairly new it was um you know a few months after the church opened so um i was like oh okay well we have a preaching meeting tonight and i'm going and i asked him if he was going and he said yeah so i was like oh, okay can i ride with you and he said yeah so we pull up, um, and I'm in the front seat, <laughs> and it's a it's a male, it's a brother. So you know that's a big no no. It is. <laughs> yes. To sit in the front seat with a man. Yeah, cause like alone in a car like that. Yeah, cause I'm what? not. I'm supposed to be sitting in the back because you know I'm not married to him or not with him. So yeah, uh-huh. I was supposed to be sitting in the back. I was supposed to be sitting in the back, and the the main thing is he was not supposed, even though he lived downstairs from me, he was not supposed, I was not supposed to get in that car at all. The other couple were supposed to pick me up, you know, so it's like little things like that. I'm like, that makes no sense. You went from doing your own, like being dedicated on your own and like doing your studies over the phone and like keeping service to then being now you're being micromanaged yes yes this has been so annoying where you're like oh my gosh i'm doing guys i've been keeping service by myself for two years oh like what is the need like what did i do wrong here and you know after the preaching meeting um i went in the back room with um the the sister leader and she was just basically telling me how like no we do not do this here we don't do blah 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 i'm like like <laughs> I just needed the ride, you know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So. So would you have to like report every day if you were gonna go to church or not, or like? Yes. If you're gonna go to preaching, if you're not gonna go preaching, mm-hmm. why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to report every day to Everything. your leader. Yeah. And so that really annoys me because I'm like, I'm an adult. Yeah. Like, and I have to tell you everything. Like, why I'm not doing this, or if I choose not to go for a preaching meeting today, like, oh, I have to make some type of excuse. Like, sometimes I'm just tired, you know, mm-hmm. and I just want some, like, I just need my own space or, like, time to recharge, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Like, in a normal, in a normal life experience, that's a normal boundary to have as a person. Yes, and that's how it was because, you know, I come from work excuse me, I come from work, I go to Zion. And, you know, after, it's like the same thing, you know, 
And even after sat after a Saturday um service Sabbath, you know that's like the longest day like throughout the week for us. So I get home late, and I just want to sleep in a little bit, but I have to wake up early. Like for me, I like to start my week on Sunday. I have to prep everything what I want to do for that week. So if I don't have like make time for myself for me to just have enough rest after I just came home so late from keeping the Sabbath. And I have to cook, I have to do all of that. And then like a few hours, not even a few hours later, a couple hours later, I have to like disrupt that momentum just to go to preaching meetings. You know, like that's just too much. Like, cause we were there every day, even though we were not really bearing fruit, but it was just like, yeah, we have, I mean, we're not bearing fruit because we're not preaching enough or we're not, you know, Repenting enough. Repenting enough, yes. You you said that you're a little bit shy. So how was preaching for you? Was it awful? Oh my gosh, yes. Because (laughs) I I can be very awkward at times. Me too, girl. (laughs) So like for me to just go to random strangers and just preach to them. um, At first it was like I would just let you know, the people who have the experience lead the way. And I'm just like in the back, just watching everything. Um, but then they started pushing me and like, no, like you have to preach to this person and preach to that person. And so, you know, with practice, it just, I just went and started preaching. That's the hardest part for me to imagine Tony doing. Cause she's kind you of make yourself. It's for salvation. You'll do anything. Yeah. You'll do anything. Do you, is there any other stories you want to share about when you were in there? I thought like whenever you're married into the church, um, it's a great thing, you know, like <laughs> I didn't think husband and wives get into argument as much, especially when you're married into, like into the church. So for me to witness that, um, it was just constant and that was not something that I wanted. Was that your church leaders that were arguing? Uh, yes. They do not not get along. Yeah. They were arranged marriage. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then they would fight in front of you like you're their little child and they were having this like conflict in front of you. Ugh. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be so awkward. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So the sister, she's Korean and the brother, um, he's American, Caucasian to be specific. So, um, for her, it's like, well, I'm from Korea. I know how things get done. And he just wanted to be more of the, like, let's normalize things. Let's just, you know. But no, it's like she ran the house church and he was the opposite. So, I mean, and for me, I mean, I love love. I, I'm, I'm a cancer and... I'm all into my emotions and all that stuff. And it was hard for me to date in the church. And I just didn't want that to be my life because arranged marriage was something that, like, I started considering, but I know that's not what I wanted. Yeah. Because of that. So, yeah, it was just a lot of the quarreling. And I, I just seen a lot of things that just did not make any sense. But just went along with it because you know my salvation is more important you um were you ever presented with the opportunity to be arranged 
No, um, they told me, I, you know, just keep doing what you're doing because at the time I didn't have, I wasn't a title holder or anything. So um, they wanted me to become a group leader because we didn't have a group leader um, and I was like the perfect candidate. But I, I was already giving so much of myself and the way that I saw the, like my lead, the church, I mean, the sister leader, I don't know what to call her because I don't want to say her name. The way that she was treating me because she was always in my business, wanting to be in my business. And I'm like, so that's what I'll have to do to, you know, is that what it is to be a group leader? You know, you have to like keep up with everyone and what they're doing. Like, I don't, that's not me. I don't want to do that. So um, even though I was like compared to the other sisters who were um, who were in the church, I mean, um, in the house church, I was excelling my my basic studies. So when I noticed, like, okay, if I keep excelling them, that's what's gonna that's what's waiting for me, basically. So I was like, okay, let me slow down. You your story kind of reminds me of Amani's. How you start off kind of being left alone to like learn about the doctrine on your own, a lot more like a, a lot more freedom and you're really into it and like you really believe it and you feel good about it until you start being micromanaged by like one or two people or like like the micromanaging is what really started to like pull you, like to annoy you. And Amani kind of said the same thing, like for so many years she lived at a church where it was just kind of like more free. They weren't They weren't as strict on him. And then when she moved to Florida, it was like, bossy is that the sister I can't remember because I like I told you guys I'm Haitian right I don't know if it's her but whenever I was listening to you guys um podcast and I remember one of them said one of the guests she was like um how after the whole meeting the pastor was like mad because um most of the fruits that they were bringing were black and he was like, am I, is this a church in Haiti? So for me, was like, imagine. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that might have been Joanne, because that was, sounds like in New York. Oh, that was Joanne. But it was in Florida. They they also moved to Florida. Maybe it was. Maybe it was money. Yeah. Man, when I tell you my jaw dropped when I heard that, <sighs> imagine me. I'm Haitian. And you're like. <laughs> That's so oh, awful. Wow. Yeah, so I was like, no, he didn't. But then at the same time, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to picture myself in her position. Like, what would I have done? Because knowing that when you're in that situation, even in the cult, you have like two different personalities. Like, you know, would it be something that I brush off? Or would I still be offended by it, even if I was there? But you know, now that I'm like, looking back, and I'm hearing it, and I'm like, that is like, so messed up. That is like, that's just racist oh well on that note so what so do you remember what it was that started like getting you an undoctrinated undoctrinated what's the word yes it was covid it was during covid because um we i wasn't going to the church every day um you know preaching and all of that so we we just had each other family and so um I got to spend a lot of time with my family. Um, I remember 
my niece at the time she was two and I was living with my brother and she was putting a full concert on for us <laughs> and it's just like you know those little precious moments and you know you're just having that bonding time with your family you know um after in the afternoon we would have like our own little potluck but sorry y'all <laughs> my lips <laughs> so just like you know the fellowship that we would have together and you know I didn't have that before because I was just so um invested in the church even like when we did have moments like you know birthday moments or things that we we're doing as a family most of the time it fell on a Saturday so guess what like I'm only there for like maybe 30 minutes and then I have to go back to to Zion so I didn't have time to like really spend and spend time with my family and like bond with them so it really just being in solitude um it it just made me think about like the type of person that I wanted to be you know like yes I feared God and I I want to go to heaven and I want to do all of that but like but I, I don't feel like that wasn't the right way you know like I was giving so much of myself and I'm like I, I didn't ask to be here you know so now that I'm here and I have to prove to you how sorry I am for something that I have no recollection of doing how fair is that we read the, um the what is it what was the list that we read from a few weeks ago that's oh, all the sins Oh, and like reading that, I'm just like, what an awful daily mantra to like, truly believe that like, you're supposed to feel sinful for all those things. Yeah. And then what? So in 2015, was that during like the Jubilee? End of the and doomsday? I think so. It was. um Yeah, it sounds like but I, I, I joined. Yeah. yeah, it was that. But I joined after it was like, right was it right after the feast or like right yeah well, it, it sounds like right feast, feast time in october yeah when i yeah. when i joined but i didn't they didn't teach me about it so i was just going for you know they have to take it slow on me uh, okay so when you first joined and then all the way up till the end was there any more like doomsday like it's coming or was that just oh, the yeah. yeah i didn't even know about like the whole thing but my group leader she I even bought like a last day backpack I didn't even know about that so do they have another date not that I'm aware of but every year is the year mm-hmm. <laughs> so, did you say so, you did buy a backpack or you did not I did I ended up buying a last day backpack um because she was just basically trying to tell me to be ready and you know we have this and that prepared and like in my heart I was just like so scared you know like oh my gosh but I'm like well I guess this is it you know I just have to start getting ready and every beginning of the year we'd have like you know mother's words of blessing that she that they print out and stuff and although I wanted to go I want to go to heaven and stuff but I'm like please don't come this year because there's a lot of things that as a human that I want to accomplish and the fact that I had nothing going on for my life except for this church, you know, like I want to get married and I want to have a better career, like, you know, be like there's goals, basically. 
and to me seeing that I was not accomplishing any of that I'm like don't come yet (laughs) not this year I mean I can't even imagine you guys I think of I think of your group sometimes that in the middle of the night when I start to panic about knowing that I just have to die in general like I don't even like knowing that like at the end of all of this even if it's 50 70 years from now that's... We used to pray, Father, please come today. No. Well, like we would say it, but in my head, I'm like, oh my God, no, no, no. Oh, I want to see my yeah. children grow up. I want to exactly. live, a, you know, live my life. Yeah. I don't want. I don't really want to exactly die today. Oh my gosh. Sorry, that you guys went through that. That's tra- that sucks. That's traumatizing and crappy. Um, I have one more question about this. Um, does the church sell the end of day backpacks, or you just like go get them and you fill no, them? You have to buy them. <laughs> they, it's I, expensive. Like we we went to a surplus store. Let's see, we have one over here. It's like an army surplus. Everything is so expensive. Remember when you moved? You had like a whole closet full of prep stuff, and I was like, this water. Is- Did you have a lot of water, Brittany? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had like um like the filters and all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. We have a big camping trip and use all of our last day stuff. You know, to be honest, I don't even know where I put it, so I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> so so during COVID, did you have like a uh, a day where you just like stopped going and that was how it ended for you, or did you call them and you said like I'm done? No, um, during COVID, that's when like, you know, my mindset started to shift, but I was still going, but um, they saw a change in me. Um, I, I think the main thing that did it for me too, like, even though I was still thinking about like, you know, I had the time with my family, but, um, and I never told them exactly like what, what it was. I just kept it to myself, but um, I, I followed the Wimscog hashtag on Instagram and um I I ran across or I came across um a post that said you know on someone was not baptized in 1948 so I was like what <laughs> how and so I reached out to you know um that person and he or she they sent me a whole bunch of information like resources that I had like I've never seen before and so when I saw that and you know obviously it says that he was baptized in 1954 and 19 not 1948 so that's like a whole domino effect if he didn't baptize in 1948 then everything else falls and so I started like reading some of the books that he wrote that we didn't have access to and I'm like that's like you know it's it doesn't match up you know, it's still in you as you're reading those books, you can tell it is on Sung Home because he has like, you know, as a as the writer, you can see how he writes. So I know it was on Sung Home's book. So they and knowing that they took parts of the green book out and and the same parts that were missing, I'm reading them. It's just like that just like kind of like, oh, my gosh, like that's what started to really woke me up like. What have I, who have I been praying to this time? Like, you know, so um, I started like not participating as much um, or not voicing out like a lot of things as much. 
And so they started noticing that hmm, something is off here. You're not, you know, you're not saying anything anymore. Like you're, you're more quiet. Like, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, everything is okay. And after, and during that time, it was when we like just started going back to um, the, um, the buildings and stuff. And so after church, after service, normally I would stay and clean up a little bit and do all of that. Like, nope, I'm out. Um, and so that made it even more obvious. So they sat me down and was like, what's going on? So obviously I told them this is what it was. And um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and they sat me down and like was trying to basically restudy the same things that I already knew. And I'm like, how is you studying with me the same subjects that I've studied myself answering those particular questions? Either he was baptized or was it baptized in 1948? Oh, well, um, father wrote it in his Bible. That's how we know. But the real records got burned in the fire. Um, <laughs> you know, how did father know to write it in the Bible? It's because he knew people were going to make things up like that. You know, just gaslighting me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I was not buying it. I, and my spirit just was not, like, the same anymore. I didn't feel like, you know, something is off. But I wanted, I was still hanging on because I'm like, you know, I still believe in the seven feasts. I, I believe in the Sabbath and all of that. So if I were to leave, even though, like, right now, I don't believe in this anymore, but where am I gonna go? Because I still believe in the Sabbath. So I would just go out of obedience and in my heart, I would pray. I'm like, you know, I don't know what's really going on here, but if this, if you are real and if this is truth, you have the power to change my heart and my mind. Please, as I'm going, let it, I'm, I'm doing my part by going. So please change my heart. But, you know, obviously that didn't happen because it's not, it's not the truth because and within me, I wanted to do what, what was right. You know, I, I want to be a God-fearing person and all of that. You know, our goal is to go to heaven. So, of course, I don't want to perish. Um, so that's, that's how I ended up leaving. But the day, the week that I left, it just, I was assigned to cook that day. <laughs> that's that Sabbath. And I feel bad, but it, I just didn't have it in me. I'm like, I can give you the money and you can buy food, but I'm not showing up. <laughs> wow. And then you never went back after that? I never went back. Yeah, I just sent them a, a long text and I was like, look, this is nothing between you, but I am disconnecting myself from this group. I'm no longer a member. Please don't reach out to me. And then two days later, they showed up at my door. I don't know if Tony, we've ever talked about this, but Tony and her baby were really sick, like right when she first joined. And I just, and I lived with them at the time and they came to our apartment looking for them. And I thought that was so creepy because they had only been out for like, they had, they were like super sick, like with the flu. They didn't go to church for like, it was like one day and they came knocking on the door and I was like, you guys don't want, not want to come in here. We have a lot of germs, you know, but I was like, that's freaking weird that they knocked on our door, like the audacity to come knocking. Yeah, they made it like, it was so like, I guess nonchalant in a way, because whenever I text her and I was like, no, like I'm not going. And she was like, 
well, I've known you for four years. You can talk to me, you know, like I'm just, this is just taking me by surprise. And I was like, no, it's nothing against you. I'm just done. And she just left it at that and was like, okay, uh, well, thanks for letting me know. And so I'm thinking this is it. And for them to just show up like two days later, I'm like, who's at my door? Oh, that wasn't what she said when she came to the door. That was on the text. Yeah, that was in the text. And then like two days later, they showed up and I was like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, we just wanted to talk. Obviously, you know, you've been there from the beginning and we just wanted to know what happened, like what changed your mind. And literally, like, when they came, if it wasn't, like, I guess out of disrespect, because I'm the type of person, you can, you, like, it doesn't, it would take a lot for you to do for me to just get out of character, but once you get me out of character, yeah, just, just watch out. Yeah. But the way that the sister was just basically belittling my feelings, I, I just wanted to lash out on her, because she wasn't really respecting how I felt. She was just treated it as a joke. Like, how could you be so gullible for you to believe what people write online? Like, <laughs> really? Like, you know, so that really irritated me. And I just wanted them to leave my house. And then the brother was like, well, um, because even before they saw the signs, the signs were there before I left. So whenever I'll go to, to service, they would preach, and those um, those studies, I mean, well, the same studies or um, subjects, they were about me. I knew they were for me, and then at the table, he revealed, like, he admitted, like, yeah, you know, those studies, um, you know, whenever I was preaching, they were for you, but um, since you decide to leave, since you're deciding to leave, I know things are going to be hard for you, and I was like, I don't accept it. I don't, you know, like, in my heart, I'm like, I rebuke it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, pow, pow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you're entitled to your own opinion. That's cool. But I don't receive all of this, you know, negative energy that you're, that, that you're just spewing at Molly right now. So, and I was like, okay, cool. Thank you. And that was the last time I seen them. Good yeah. for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for so, you. Until last month. <laughs> okay, so then you were out for over a year, and then you saw... How did you see them? What happened? Man, okay, the crazy thing is, I think it was just, like, the last season, like, you guys were talking about, like, what you would say if you were to encounter one of them, and you guys were, like, making jokes about it, and I was like, yeah, you know what? How would I react to it? And so... <laughs> And so I went to go see my cousin out of state. I'm not going to say where it is because I don't know who's listening. <laughs> so um, I went to go see my cousin out of state. And um, days leading to that, um, my parents have been pressuring me to go back to church, which is something that I'm not, that's a whole other subject, but I'm just not ready for that. And I kind of had like an intense conversation with my dad about it because I'm just not ready to go to church. And so days leading to me going to see my cousin, um, you know, we went, she was showing me around and everything. And we went at the mall and stuff. And we ended up getting some henna tattoos and we were leaving. And so um, as we were leaving, trying to find like um, the way that we came in, I see a little huddle of people. And... 
it's just like I instantly knew it was them. <laughs> so, but the the way that they like where they were just um standing and preaching, like I had to walk past them. So as I'm walking, like, oh my gosh, the moment when like where my spirit just like knew that's what was going on, it was just like my blood boiled and got hot. Like I don't even know who like like Berdine just left, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was like the best way for me to express like to express it is just I was just triggered. I was triggered by it. And I didn't think I would be triggered. So as I'm like walking and I see them and I see, you know, you know, one of them have the phone holding and stuff like just everything that I used to do. And they were preaching to this couple. And so my first instinct, like, you know, I'm, I'm hot and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, get away from them. So I told the couple that, like, this is a cult, like, you need to run as fast as you can. And then he was like, um, yeah, I know. But the way that he, like, his, um, I guess, body language was like, he was basically rebuttaling what they were telling him. So it's like, yeah, I know it's it's a cult. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to, like, debate with them, basically. And so a, a part of me was like, oh, okay. But you, over there. <laughs> I like I was just like you guys may not realize it like I don't know I I feel like I kind of not blacked out but I don't remember everything that I was saying because like I was just so heated at the time and all I can remember was my cousin just like dragging me like Bergine please let's go I don't want to get in a fight today no not not today we gotta go and I'm just like all up in their face like no like let me go like Oh, it was just a bad scene. It was just a bad scene. And the guy was like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm a former member. And he was like, do you know who we are? And I said, yes, you're with the World Mission Society Church of God. And he had nothing else to say after that. And my cousin just keeps dragging me. And I'm like, no, I'm, I promise I'm not going to fight nobody. Like, I, I just want to talk to them. But for me... It's like what I wanted to say versus what actually happened to opposites because I wanted to have like a loving conversation with them and just like help them see like from my like a perspective of a former member. But that's not what happened. You know, you said um, I didn't think that I'd get triggered. You know, <laughs> like we have this expectation of what we want to say, what we would say. But in the moment, it's OK. Oh my God, I know I would be triggered. I don't know what I would do. I don't know. Yeah. And it's like my first time seeing them since I left. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not even in Texas. I'm in a whole other state. In a and mall. You got to stay out of the mall. No more <laughs> malls for you. Right. <laughs> and that's how my night ended. Like my first night there, like that's how it ended with me confronting them. And I felt like after I came back to my, not, not my senses, but I calmed down, I felt really bad because again, that's not how I wanted it to be, you know? And I'm like, it's probably just reassuring his faith though, because I persecuted, quote unquote, persecuted him, you know? So uh, I just, even right now, I'm like, I hope I don't act like that 
you know, if I were to come across them, but it was just like, I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to react because it's just like, th that was me. And for me to see them doing it to, to someone, yes, you have the right to choose, but let me warn you. And then you can make your own decision because that was my life. And that was seven years of my life that I cannot get back. You went you know? into like mama bear mode. I, I, I know you probably <laughs> saved that couple. You know, that couple was was probably rescued because you warned them. I think my, my mind was just too clouded of just what happened. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what were you going to say, Bertine? <laughs> and then, like you said, to see them doing it to somebody else, watching somebody else becoming a victim. Right. That is infuriating. I know. I like to think I'd be all funny and like making jokes and stuff, but I'd probably get like all tongue tied and flustered too. I, I felt for my cousin because she didn't know what was going on. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, that's not, I had so much to say. Why'd you pull me away? Why'd you keep pulling me away from them? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Did she know about the whole thing like beforehand? Oh yeah. Like um, she, she lived in Tallahassee at the time. And I, I even preached to her and she went to, um, to study at the, the house church in Tallahassee. And, um, it was, it was very emotional for me because like, she's my cousin. She's one of my best cousins. So, um, when she rejected her other cousins, she's her favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have, I don't have a lot that I that I talk to or I'm close to, so I don't think they will feel anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 my heart was like really broken when she went for a second time. They were pressuring her to get baptized because it was also around the time of the feast. So they were pressuring her to get baptized. But she was like, I just don't get how Ansung Hong is God. And I was just trying to explain to her. And then I remember one thing that she t that she said that just really broke me. She was like, you know what, if I'm going to go to hell because of this and I'm just going to at that day, we're just I'm just going to have to go to hell. And then I'm like, in my heart, it just really broke me because it's like, this is the truth. So if you're like, if you have the nerve basically to say you're just willing to go to hell at that day, no, it'll be too late, you know? So that was like my whole attitude about it. But yeah, she, she, she knows because I, I was just, I drove a lot of people away because of that. You know, I just kept preaching to them. Even like my best friend that I told you, like, we're not really like best friends. We're not, I mean, not really. We're not best friends anymore because for her, it was like, you already brought me into one cult and now you're trying to bring me into another cult. Oh, so when she came out of that, you tried to get her into the Wimscog? Oh, yeah. 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 Your sister, too? Did you try to get her yeah, in? all of them. Because for me, it was like, oh, it was like, you know, father and mother, like, they're finally out of Babylon. Now they can come to the true church. So as soon as I knew that they were out, it was like my mission, preaching to, like, every single one of them. To the point where, like, that's when they started basically just, like, it's so sad though because you're doing it out of sincere love yeah, for yeah. them you love them yeah. so much you're like working harder because you love them and you want them to be blessed yeah but in reality it's just pushing them away yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's 
Um, I've learned so many things on this episode that I didn't know about. I didn't know that the girls couldn't sit in the front seat with the boys. I had no idea what pow pow meant. It's so interesting. Thank you so much for being here and telling your story. And you know what's crazy? And that's why I'm like, I really love um, the idea behind like what you guys are doing from like a former member to like the member of the former member, just giving your perspective and all because like a few months later after I did my interview, someone that I went to high school with that like since we graduated, we never talked. Um, she reached out to me. And in my head, I was like, oh, Lord, please don't tell me they got you, too, because her approach was, like, the same of, as, like, people who were who are still in the cult that approached me after seeing my video. And I was just very, like, oh, man, not you, too. So when she um, asked me if I had time to talk, and I was like, yeah. And she was basically telling me that her older sister just got in the cult and they're trying to understand what's going on and as she was like you know looking up the church she stumbled upon my video so it's like you know that's just crazy that someone that you actually went to high school with and now your sister or family member is going through the same thing and you're just like trying to find out like you know so it's just kind of gave me perspective of like what I put my family through because she was concerned and she's just basically watching her for her sister not like being her anymore, you know. And it was just that's just really sad. So I I just can't imagine what you were like watching Tony doing all these things. Like it's okay though. It it's kind of like the slow indoctrination that you guys are going through is the slow realization to the family member, you know. And that's why having the content out there is good because. You know, we've heard cases where, like, they family members were a little bit curious, they weren't concerned, and then they looked online and they were like, oh, shit, we better get out here and, like, get on this. But, like, at the time when Tony got involved, 2006, there wasn't a lot of content out there, and so we were kind of like, it's kind of weird, but we're just going to let her do her thing. So we're slowly seeing the change just as slowly as you guys are getting indoctrinated. You know, it's worth it. Love is worth it in the end. You know, and that's the sad part because again at the end your family and your true friends are the one who's there for you right you know, and not them you know like some of them they did text me it was like oh god bless you sister i miss you but there's nothing for me to say because i know what you what you mean by that so when yeah. you get out then you can reach out to me and say, and we can have a conversation about that because it wasn't real friendship. It wasn't real anything. Yeah, it, it's it's still hard because like one of my friends um, from college, um, her and her um, boyfriend, they were my fruit. And she's still in it. Even after I, you know, I I sent the video to her as well. And, you know, I sent, like, you know, I sent her a message tied uh, to the video. And she just, you know, said, no, thank you. So do you think she didn't even watch it? Oh, no, she didn't. (laughs) No. That's the hardest part. We're putting out this content, but the people who really need to hear it aren't listening. 
but that's okay. We're here for the we're here for the survivors, you know, the ones that are ready to hear it and ready to be begin healing. That's what we're here for. Verdine, how are you doing now? Oh my gosh, like now, like for the first time in life, I feel like oh, I have a desire to live, you know, and I, I never felt that way because it was always like fear, you know, fear that, oh, if I don't, you know, um, carry myself a certain way, I'm going to hell um and all of that but no like right now I'm I'm happy I'm the happiest I've ever been um and people around me can see that <laughs> you know and I'm just I'm just happy that I'm out and I didn't give more of my time to them I'm literally walking towards my goals and accomplishing my goals so um I'm in a better spot than I would than I ever was while I was in the um squad and for them they might see it as like oh this is just physical things and not spiritual but (laughs) this is what I have like a hard time like accepting because again who are you to say like you know whether or not I'm walking the right path or not you're not God I'm having my own relationship with my creator. And and this is like another thing too, like I, why I'm not ready to go to church because I feel like me labeling myself as a Christian, it's like, oh, I'm the special one that God chose while, you know, poor the others, poor the Muslims, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to heaven. They're going to hell. Like, who are you to say that just because you have, a bible like they have their own bible that they follow too when like everyone is just looking at each other like oh pick me pick me when like all of you already chosen yeah i'm just like you know yeah that's that's where i'm at (laughs) i i can't believe i'm here but it's like now that i'm here yes the grass is definitely greener on the other side yes That's so good. Yes, I'm so happy. And it's going to be a lifelong journey, you know, but but we're here. And, you know, thank you for sharing your story. Your story will help more people than you will ever know. And you guys, too. Like, I like I appreciate things like this, like, you know, what you guys are doing, what Jordan is doing, because even while I was in the cult, like I was still watching these videos. So, you know, I I do give props to him and, you know, people who put content like that because it, you know, when it's time, like, you know, your mind starts opening more and you realize certain things. So it's never in vain. And coming from a former member and a concerned relative, you know, that's just like dynamic duel, I think. How about the examining website? Did you find yourself going to that one a lot too, examining the WMSCOG website? Yes towards the end because when I first joined I didn't see a lot even though like at that time like it's it's kind of shocking for me to hear like listening to you know Michelle's story too because I didn't even know like anything about the examining website after shortly I got baptized I did google the church but I didn't really find anything at the time they do a good job at keeping the the negative content below the google search so if you google wimscog it's usually like 
all of their different locations and then like filtered down. That makes sense. Yeah, because I was like, I, you know, I don't, I didn't see anything. So it, I wasn't alarmed at all. Like I didn't think I was just going to jump into another cult. Yeah. Hey, man, they're tricky. They're good at it. So don't be too hard on yourself about it. It's easy to get suckled in because they're like dangling the salvation fruit in front of you. The hardest part now for me is just like, you know, detaching myself from certain beliefs and um, things that like even words like that remind me of them. Like, I don't like when people say gracious. (laughs) Mm. We love you. If I see that, I'm like, oh, I cringe hmm you know so that's that's the like and apparently thing. seeing people getting preached to at the mall oh, is yes. very triggering <laughs> I can yes. completely understand that um it's really nice to have a new friend you know a new survivor friend because only we really know what we went through you know like exactly nobody really knows and um there were good things in there you know there were good things that we take with us uh but we can help each other through the hard times too coming out. So I'm really glad that you're out now. For sure. Even when like the whole encounter thing happened, it was just hard for me to like talk about it. Even though I'm like angry and I just want to vent, it was hard because it's like people who haven't been through it don't understand, you know? So it's just hard for you to talk to people. And that's another reason like when I see former members so sharing their stories, even like in whenever it w- I was like in the brink of just like leaving the church, I don't know these people, but I know exactly what they're going through because yeah, I can relate. It's just it's just our own little community. That's why I always look forward to you guys' episodes and um, new videos and things like that. Boom, oh, baby. baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 